0: Welcome to another episode of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, the music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. Hosted on the amazing ghostcultmag.com, I'm Matt Bacon. Here with my beautiful co-host, Curtis Stewart. I am here. So, Curtis, mm-hmm. what are we going to talk about today?
1: Apparently, we're talking about glittery dog scrotums. Oh, my God. So Matt just texted me or oh messaged me right before we got yeah. on this phone call. Something about do- dog owners sharing, uh, showing their dogs with glittery scrotums. And I was like, dude, what the fuck?
0: I just was so astounded I had to share. You don't have to. This okay, like literally on. right
1: before we got on the okay, call.
0: This was not how I wanted to start this podcast. I think this is a great beginning. Okay. Anyway, okay, so
1: we are going to talk today about simplifying things.
0: So what the, oh, well, the well, reasons- I just want to want to point out with that, I won't say who sent it to me, but it was sent to me by someone who's like kind of a major player. And like, I just want to point this out. Like, that's where what a lot of my like, if you look at like Instagram, like what I'm like, talking to like major people about, you know, like I have like a lot of big festival people where my entire relationship with them is like, we just send each other dumb selfies with filters. Like, that's what engaging at scale can be, right? Like, it's not always like, so what bands are you looking at booking on your festival? Sometimes it's, I'm going to send a dumb selfie of myself with a filter to my friend, and it's going to be funny. And then it's going to be a lot easier when I ask her to put my band on the festival.
1: So I just want to point something out. that We just did an amazing marketing tactic there, which is called opening with a hook.
0: Yeah. And we might even call the episode something like Dog Scrotums and You. <laughs> if you fucking did that, Keith's
1: gonna die. Don't, don't do that.
0: Yeah, Keith Keith would explode. Keith. Keith, Keith, I don't think Keith's Keith, gonna like, appreciate that. Keith is like me. He's always like almost about to explode.
1: Yeah. When Curtis says something silly. But anyways... Um, what were we talking about? The simplicity factor. So, yes. Okay. Um,
0: so this is what we wanted to talk. This is what we were serious about was, okay, my cat's crying. I don't know why he has food just so everyone knows I'm not an animal abuser. Um, but the point being, um, so we wanted to talk about breaking things down into simpler component steps because this is something that I think is, this was something I noticed with the planning challenge and something that I really want to help a lot of you guys with as we grow. Right. Is that if you break things down into smaller, comp- like it's all about breaking things down into component steps, I think, when you're trying to do any sort of product management, which is essentially what you're doing as a band to some extent. Yeah,
1: well, there, it goes even simpler. It even goes even simpler than what you think is simple most of the time. So if you think you've got something super simple, break it down even more.
0: And this is something that applies to all levels. Like even with Prophecy, for instance, we have a, uh, we use, a project management software, you know, which kind of breaks down all the component steps, but we haven't been using it for a super long time. And what we're quickly learning is that like, no matter how simple you think the project management software can be every time, every time we add more, we, we break the steps down further, it actually becomes more efficient, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's like, Oh, now we're even more clear on what the (coughs) roles are, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Oh, yeah. And then the other thing, too, is that this can apply to basically anything, not just, um, you know, project management or anything like that. This can apply to your marketing. It can apply to your PR. It can apply to your advertising. Um, Here's one thing you want to you want to be very, very careful of. And I know Matt has a problem with this all the time. I'm just going to call Matt out for this. Using big words. Yeah. Most now, I don't want to say anybody's stupid because most people are not stupid, but most. At least in North America, we have a problem with, um, what's the right word I'm going to be saying, Um, verbosity, which is a big word, just meaning like using too many big words. So most people, um, to my understanding, like I took a course about a year, year and a half ago on marketing. And one thing that they said is that you always want to make sure you are speaking at about a fifth to sixth grade level in all of your marketing. And the reason being why is because that's what works. And that's what people understand. Um, The book even was talking about even marketing to fairly affluent people using very simple language like doctors and lawyers and stuff like that. So you want to keep that in mind. Like if you're using big words, you're trying to be um, all impressive and stuff like that. That can work for a bit. But when you're trying to go broad, you want to not necessarily dumb it down, but you want to make it
0: simple. Well, again, but because it's, it's the stuff you read on the day to day is in a fifth or sixth grade level. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like once you figured that out, once you realize that, oh yeah, like the content that's just like standard ad copy or whatever that you happen to be engaging with is at that level. Like,
1: well, here's a good example. Who's the best selling author in the world right now?
0: J.K. Rowling, I think, probably.
1: No, um, I believe it's James, pa- James Patterson. and Correct me if I'm I could be wrong. He's either in the top either, five.
0: Either. Ex- exact same demographic, exact same shtick. Exactly. So, it doesn't
1: so if you ever read James Patterson, it is really, 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 really hooky. But at the same time, it's very, very simple to read. And I mean, like, basically, other than the violence and the gore in some of them, I mean, basically, someone who's in grade five could read that book. Like any of the Alex Cross books, or any of the other books that he has, they're very, they're very good. They're very action-packed, but they're the language is so simple, no one's going to get lost.
0: Well, you know that he doesn't actually write them. He he he, he outlines them. Yeah, he outlines them and gives them to a subwriter.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No I think it's that. so genius. Yeah, but it, regardless, his books are just like simplistic. But I mean, that yet yeah, this guy is like he's either the number one selling writer in the world or he's in the top five or something like that. And he is not going to win any literary awards. I can tell you that right now. He like, here's the thing you got to realize is that it, the complex things might impress some people, but it doesn't make you sales and it doesn't make you any money in the long run. The more simplistic you get, the more, the more people can understand you and the more people can understand you, the more they're going to want to, uh, find out more about you and the more they're going to want to purchase what you're selling which is your music so if you're being all super super complex in your marketing and using big words and it's like you know you're just being you know what's the right word uh artsy pretentious pretentious that's the right word pretentious nobody's really going to be into your band for the long haul you might get some critical accolades but you're never really going to be you know you're never really going to make the sales that you want there are exceptions to this always but as a general rule it's like you know like prog rock guys don't sell as much as like the guys that are like the hair metal guys for example right so might be a bad bit of a bad comparison but you know what i'm saying right
0: yeah and i think um you know ultimately this is something we talk about a lot which is that the market is the market is the market
1: yeah and and the thing is is that you might not like where the market is, but okay if 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 you're trying to sell music to people and that's your goal is to actually sell the music, you have to go to where your audience is or you have to market it towards where your audience is. You can't like market to you know necessarily unit harvard educated people your music when most of your most of the people that are into that genre are like, you know, high school graduates or something, or maybe one year of college or something like that. You know what I mean? So you kind of got to look at it from that viewpoint. I know we're going kind of broad with this, but, you know, you want to get extremely simple in all your marketing. So if you're doing like an ad, um, you want to make sure the language is clear. It's concise. The words are simple. There's no like big words words sitting in there that people would have to look up in a dictionary but it's very clear so clear uh someone in five, grade five or six could understand it or even younger if you can help it. because the thing is is that that's the type of thing that communicates like if you ever see like an ad for uh, coca-cola for example they're not using they're not using lots of terminology they're just being very simplistic And you know, Coca-Cola sells millions and millions of dollars with the stuff, right? Same thing with a band like Metallica. They're not using big words in their advertising or anything like that. They're just being simple, you know, but you know, their early music was still pretty complex and stuff like that. But their marketing was to a more it was more simplistic, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. You know, and it's the same with sort of anything you're trying to communicate, of course balancing it you know and like you know like to find a band who can because it's like hard for example if you're trying to make a political statement sometimes you need to get a little more thoughtful but like you could still
1: make it really really simplistic so i was gonna say, say look
0: at rage against the machine
1: rage against the machine is a great example of that what's his name is harvard educated and he still makes it makes his his he still uses simple terminology and he makes this message very simplistic even though it's complex at the same time, but he brings it down. He almost, he doesn't dumb it down, but he simplifies it. What is his name? I forgot it. Um,
0: Tom, so I don't even know anymore. You don't... <laughs> Tom something. I only really care about Zach de la Rocha because I don't really care about, I only care about Inside Out. I don't really care about uh, Rage Against the
1: I'll, Machine. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be up front. I don't like Rage Against the Machine.
0: But do you like Inside Out?
1: I don't like Inside Out. I don't even know if I've heard Inside Out.
0: How can you have that. heard Inside Out? Jesus Christ.
1: I probably have, and I'm just blanking on them. But okay. you know what? Rage Against the Machine is not one of my faves, but they are brilliant marketers. Like, the one, one thing that's really awesome about them is how they rage against the machine on a major label with millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's amazing to me. Like, anyways, that's, that's a totally different topic. But hey, um, so here, so here's another example of how to be simplistic. Uh, and make things easy. So one thing that a lot of people do with their social media is they get super um what's the right word they get super worried about what they're going to post and if it's perfect and everything like that and they want to make sure that they have it all perfectly planned out everything for the week. Which is fine, but the problem is is that prevents you from taking the action. So like if you're going to go do an Instagram post, if you're going to start doing posts on Instagram for example, just start taking some shots and upload them don't get all worried about the lighting don't get all worried about everything you know if you've never done it before i mean obviously you want to make things look good and you want and you want things to be good but to start off just simplify things like when matt first started doing his videos for example what did you do you just popped out your iphone right away and you did one take right
0: yeah basically
1: yeah that's usually what i do i mean and they're not and they're not the perfect videos but at the same time it's like you get yeah, more viewed
0: than most other people in known bands.
1: That's the thing, right? So, you know, but, and we also have a lot of, it's the same thing with the podcast. I don't think we've ever edited a single podcast. And we've uh, all Wesley sorts. edits them. Does he? Okay. But I mean, like, it's not like super Yeah, but no, he's polished. like doing a,
0: ma- he's like running it through a mastering chain. He isn't like editing, editing. Yeah. yeah
1: like there's a lot of, there's a lot of mistakes in it. No, not-
0: I actually, I was talking about this with someone recently and we got to wrap this up soon, but sure. I was talking about this with someone recently. I did a bunch of videos for the Hellfest Instagram. Okay. That are going to come out uh, relatively soon, I think. And basically the concept of the video is a minute long interview me with my phone. Hey, I'm here with X. Let's ask some basic questions. Okay. Mm-hmm. There were people asking those same basic questions of artists, like with $3,000 mic rigs and the whole kit and caboodle right and i'm just like i don't understand i'm like look like the reason you're going to quit frustrated with this in a year is not because you're not getting opportunities it's because it takes you 20 minutes to set up your whole fucking thing because nobody that nobody cares about because it's like okay it's cool that you have this high quality audio but if the rest of your content is dumb if you're asking dumb not interesting questions if you know, like like who's gonna care that you have a three thousand dollar rig? Yeah, you want
1: to get you want to get quant you want
0: to get quantity
1: before you get perfection. You know,
0: like like there are literally people who go to these festivals and are stoked that they did like five interviews. I did twenty seven at Hellfest. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, and even when I was doing like proper interviews, like fifteen twenty minute interviews, I'd still do upwards of twenty every single year. Yep. Except last year where we did fewer just better ones, but. Broadly speaking, I you know, but yeah. So yeah, think about that as you're growing, and I think that's really a mistake a lot of people make: is that you don't need to overthink this. It's not that hard. It's you just
1: you should see when me and Matt first started the podcast. Our idea was simply let through do a podcast, and we just did it. There was no bunch of planning or anything
0: like that. Well, Curtis said it like that, and I said, "Indeed, Curtis, we shall."
1: And then he said a bunch of big words and everybody
0: fell asleep. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this has been Dumb and Dumbest Live. We have a bunch of other stuff. We're going to start pitching you as of tomorrow. But this has been Dumb and Dumbest Live. You have been listening. Are we
1: done yet?